Sharon Pope presents Observation, Observation, Observation. Hello and welcome to Observations episode 3 where we've got a bit of a special. I'm a big Aston Villa fan and I thought with this season being the most unpredictable season in you know, really the Premier League years, I thought it would be a good opportunity to discuss what's happening at my, my club. I've, I've been following Villa for really uh, the last four or five years when I really got into it. Um, before then I was just, you know, I, I enjoyed football, watched football, but never really affiliated myself to a club. But, you know, Aston Villa, big club, but there's a lot going wrong with it. So I thought I would um, do a little podcast on it. People have always got opinions about football and, you know, how they think they can make it better and what they would do if they were in charge. Obviously, I understand there's a lot of politics with the chairman and everything that's going on there. So um, I'm just doing this as a view from a supporter, really. And what I would do is in in the position that the club's in. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, there may be a few um, controversial things that I discuss, but that's what football's about, isn't it? So hope you enjoy it. So the thing I want to discuss first is the, the rumour mill. We're coming up to the start of the uh, January transfer window. So just seeing what the papers have got to say. And I've picked out three interesting ones. One from the BBC Sport, two from the Birmingham Mail. And the first one that really caught my eye, and I think this is something that Villa do need to improve on in January, is um, the need of a striker. From what I've seen, you know, apart from Jordan Ayew, who, to to be honest, I did have question marks about him at the beginning of the season. He's really the only one, as well as Sinclair from time to time, uh, pitching in the goals, but it's just not enough. We do need an out-and-out goalscorer, and unfortunately, Gisterd isn't really cutting it. And to look at the BBC Sport and think that Loic Remy, obviously been frozen out at Chelsea, not really in favour, and... I think he would be a really good addition to the um, to the Villa squad, especially on loan. He's known to be prolific. He's played for a number of different clubs in the Premier League, so he knows what it's all about. You know, he's had his time at QPR. Um, he, you know, he did well there, and um, went to Newcastle. He did okay there, and you know, at Chelsea. So he's a he's a player that. Unfortunately, he won't get a look in at Chelsea, but he's a quality player and, you know, just to give him a chance of playing time and something that Villa need. And I think it's a, if, if that is something that can happen, I think it will be a really good signing for Villa as a short-term solution. Next story that I picked out was from the Birmingham Mail and I don't understand this one and I don't know... And I'm sure a lot of other people will be in the same kind of uh, agreement with me. Was, this one was a swap for Carlos Gill with Adan from Betis. Now, I, I, I feel a little bit sorry for Carlos Hill. He hasn't really had a chance to, you know, it was bought from um, Valencia. I don't think we've paid too much for him, you know, in Paul Lambert's reign. And, um, you know, he scored that goal in the FA Cup against Bournemouth. And then Lambert got sacked. 
and then he was overseen by Tim Sherwood obviously for reasons that only Tim Sherwood knows but from what I've heard he, he wanted more at the time defensive more more defensive minded players which you can understand towards the end of the season you know fighting relegation fair enough but at the start of this season wasn't being selected and I, I've watched him I've watched him and he is such a good player so technically gifted and very rarely have I ever seen him give the ball away very underrated and I I look at him and just the, the way he balances himself he's got such a low centre of gravity and you know two good feet keeps the ball close to him reminds me of a, a type of David Silver player obviously he's only 21 and he has got room and, and needs to improve in certain areas of his game but you know manage him and train him in the right way I think he can be a, a quality player and with years ahead of him now being linked with Adan uh, as a swap move now I, I hold my hands up I've not really heard or seen a lot of Adan and um, but from what I understand he's 28 spent a lot of his years uh, younger years at Real Madrid so you know you'd hope he's a technically gifted player you know Real Madrid do tend to produce those type of players but what my gripe is we're in a predicament where we've got to pick up points very very quickly and we've got to have people that will hit the ground running my concern is will Adan do that for Villa you know it's going to take him time to adjust to the speed of the Premier League you know the physicality we don't need, you know, to to mollycoddle people that um, need to adjust to the Premier League. It just, it's not, not something that I would push for. And I hope that this rumor it isn't true. Carlos Hill was a fantastic player, and you know I think he will be one to watch in the future. Very, very good player. And the last. Last um, story that I picked out. Again, I think this is ludicrous. I don't think we need particularly anyone in this position. I think we can work with what we've got, um, or certainly buy people that are less than what the Birmingham Mail are reporting that Andros Townsend for 14 million. Now, Andros Townsend. Did have bags of potential. Is he at the wrong club at Tottenham? Is he going to get enough playing time with the stars they've got? You know, you think Lamella and and Co. And Josh Townsend has found himself to be a little bit unlucky. Now, I I think that 14 million probably a bit too extortionate. If anything, I would probably go in with a loan bid for him, with a view to buying, but certainly not 14 million. When, when you think that in the summer we got, you know, players for half the price of that, which are, you know, you know that that are performing, you know, Jordan Ayew, 8.5 million, performing really well now. Okay, it took him time to bed in, but you know, 14 million. I, I get that he's English, but just because he's English and you know got potential, doesn't mean you doesn't mean you should spend bags and bags of money for him. If, if you are Remy Garden, you think oh, I desperately need to, you know, get someone to play in the wings. 
Mark Townsend does. Look into the lower leagues. Look into the championship. People that will graft for you and and work and knuckle down. 14 million to me is that's an extortionate amount of money for, for someone who really isn't that proven. And I know it's a couple of years ago and I probably should get over it, but why we let Mark or Brighton go? You know, if you such a good player to go on a free. I've been watching him for Leicester. And against against Chelsea he was, you know, standout. And he his work rate, okay, his you know, he's he's again it reminds me of David Beckham. You know, the boy can cross a ball. When he was at Villa and Benteke. You know, he was putting crosses on Benteke's head. Such a good player, and he'll work day and night for you. But for one reason or another, we got rid of him, and you know we're a poor side for it. So out of those three stories, I hope only one is true. I hope Loic Remy uh, that would be a great bit of business, uh, and it's something that Villa do need. So let's see if it comes off. I for one haven't been happy really with the purchases that Aston Villa made over the summer. I um, I listed what we've got the summer ends and you know I've I've ticked probably one, two, three, I've ticked five of them that I would have personally gone for and I think are, are good signings for one reason or another. Now we spent a lot of money. We, obviously, we, we got a lot of money from the sale of Benteke and a little bit from Delph. Two big players. Obviously, we've got to move on, but I, again, wouldn't have looked into the French league where a lot of these had come in. Now, out of all the foreign signings that we made, I've only ticked one. I've put question marks against a few others. And the only one I've ticked, and it's only because he's started to grow into um, becoming a, you know, a potentially good player, is Ayu. You know, the goals, goal he scored recently, you know, was special. So he looks, he looks good. And the other players that I've ticked, it's Sinclair, at, at two and a half million. The boy's got something to prove. He went to City, didn't really work out. He's got he's got something to prove and he will work for you. Two and a half million, I think that's a snip. Again, Micka Richards on a free. That was very good. You know, a solid player. Um unlucky again. He he had a good run in at City, he was a regular, but then fell out of favour, went to Fiorentina. And um City just didn't want to keep him on. You know, I understand that they've got a heavy squad. They've got masses of depth in that position and for us to pick up Richards I think was a brilliant piece of business um, next one I've ticked is Mark Bunn now started goalkeeper from my hometown Northampton and I've kind of followed him went from Northampton to Blackburn I believe and into Norwich and again for free he's Got that proven Premier League experience. There was a couple of seasons ago that John Ruddy was out injured for the majority of the season at Norwich, and um, Mark Bunn came in and, and you know wasn't didn't look out of place. Solid goalkeeper, uh, and again for free, you couldn't have gone wrong. You know, 
very good backup player and actually I think and I'll come on to it later but with people questioning Guzan you know is it time for Mark Burn to maybe have a little go and the last one that I ticked is um, Lescott Lescott you know he, he would be got vast experience I like him as a player and I think it's something that Villa needed to do is bring experience and you know someone with a calm head on him he's very you know very calm calming presence and I think that is a good piece of business now moving on to the question marks I've got three of these um, the first one question mark was Jordan Amavi and really the only reason I'm questioning was for the fee we paid for him 7.8 million now if he hadn't have got injured and from what I hear he's out for the rest of the season which is unfortunate and we wish you a speedy recovery but he was starting to show signs that you know he's starting to repay some of that um, nearly 8 million price tag back the left back position has been an issue for for Aston Villa in the last few years and it was nice to see that we would you know prepare to pay a bit to get that position resolved and as I say up until his injury he was starting to look like a very good player and the next one I've question marked is uh, Rudy Justed now I understand that we had a, um, a big man to feel in in uh, Christian Benteke going and the way the Villa play, it is set up to, you know, kind of pin crosses in and getting them on the head of a target man. But Justed, yes, he scored the most goals by his head in, in English football in the last, I don't know, I've heard one or two seasons. But they're in the lower divisions. Well, when I say lower divisions, it's, it's in the Championship. He did have a brief spell in the Premier League with Cardiff, but... You know, didn't really excel, wasn't really a standout performer. And I just questioned the wisdom of paying £6 million for him. When you've got Liebel Kozak, who I don't understand what's going on behind the scenes. Why is he not starting a bit more? You know, he's been there two, three seasons now, Kozak. And personally, I, I think he's unfortunate not to be given a chance. And maybe he would have spent that £6 million on a another target man maybe save a bit of money and you know go for someone a bit younger give Kozak a chance and the last one I've question marked is someone I I think has got bags of potential and I've seen him uh, I've seen him play live and you know I hope Villa keep hold of him for a few seasons because I think he'll be pivotal and that's the Damatriore what a player I was watching the Arsenal game and he came on I think with about 5 minutes to go to the end and the first thing he did he was so direct and so forward he, he took on picked up the ball I think it was around the halfway line and just bullied his way through the Arsenal midfield and defence and had a shot and went, it went to the side netting and you know I in, in the position that Aston Villa are in, I think they should be taking more of a chance. And it was nice to see him get half an hour or so at Norwich. But I just question the wisdom of spending £7 million on a player 
when you're not particularly going to play him. Okay, yes, he's 18, 19, or however old he is. Oh, what? I don't. £7 million. I would have wanted to see him. I'm not saying to start him every game, but certainly to, you know, give him more than five, six minutes a game. You know, half an hour. It's a decent amount of time. Now, the que now obviously, we've done the ticks, we've done the question marks. I've got three crosses. Idrissa Gay, six and a half million. He's not done enough for me, I don't think. He needs to be showing more, especially in midfield. Just just more of an engine about him. I, I just don't, I'm not convinced. The next one I have is um, Jose Angel Crespo. Granted, he only cost 500,000 from, I think it was Cordoba. Bit of a point in the signing. Defender, yes, but we, we need to be producing talent and I just don't, you know, for the amount of times he's appeared in for the first team, which I think is probably about once, if not twice, we could have been giving these appearances to, to talent in our academy. And the last one is uh, Jordan Veritu. Uh, again, £7 million. And, and it's... He, he He's, you know, for some reason a regular starter and I just don't think he's doing much for the team. He's like the other... Like, like Gay, he's just not producing enough and that's where I think we're lacking in quality um, the most. I just, again, £7 million. Would you would you not look to someone in the English Premier League? Again, I don't know who, who would be available for that money, but I just don't see the wisdom of spending that much on, on Veritu. Now, out of the people that left Aston Villa in the summer I, I looked at the list and the, yes a lot of them were youngsters and fringe players there were there were two standout ones that I probably would have attempted to keep first and foremost I wouldn't have let Andy Vyman go not not a prolific goal scorer no I, I understand that but his work rate again a little bit more like Mark Brighton, he would give you 110% every game. He would chase down every ball if you asked him to. Watching him in the early years, I'll say the early years, and the early part of Lambert's reign, he was chasing balls down. He was, you know, even if you haven't got the quality, um, if you're chasing down the ball, closing people down, getting them to make mistakes, chances will come. And that's something I think he did very well. And I, I probably wouldn't have let him leave and the last one I picked out and it, there just didn't seem to be much of an, an attempt for this player was Ron Vlaar a solid player very solid um, obviously again I, I'm, I'll reiterate I don't know what goes on behind the scenes at Villa and you know, the ins and outs of him actually leaving but I would have done more to keep him. I think, yes, he, he had his injury issues, and but when he was available, fit and ready, he was a very good player for Villa. And I was just a bit disappointed that not a lot more went on to, to try and keep him there. So that's kind of my roundup and my thoughts on, on the summer signings and the summer outs at Villa.
let me know what you think tweet me at showering pope so looking forward to the next game um, which really this is one we have to win we've got to start picking up points Remigard has identified that we need another 10 wins and we've got 20 matches to do it it's, it's going to be a tough ask and uh, I think I read that nowhere in the Premier League history has a team on 8 points around Christmas and New Year survived a drop so it's going to be it's going to be a test for us to uh, to beat that. So I, I looked at who I would probably pick on the Sunderland away game, and I've made a few changes from what uh, the start was for Norwich. So just to summarise, I've gone for now a lot of people are calling for this person to be dropped, and maybe even us to buy a new goalkeeper in. In the January January transfer window, which I don't think we should do, again, we were linked with Mandanda. Quality goalkeeper, I, I get that. Probably the wrong time to bring him in. But I'll, I'll discuss um, I'll discuss that in the next section of uh, who Villa really need to buy in this transfer window, selling this transfer window, and also what they should really be doing in the summer. My, my inkling would be to, to stay with... Brad Guzan in goal. The last few seasons, he has kept us in the Premier League. He he was such a good keeper. Um, maybe suffering from issues of confidence. You know, he has made a few errors this season. More errors than he would have made in previous seasons. Um, my inkling would be to to go with Guzan, but Mark Byrne definitely definitely should be in contention. And I don't think it will be very long, or I don't think it should be very long for Mark Byrne to be given a chance. At right back, he's been doing well this season. I, I was very critical of of him, um, you know, in his early Villa days. He, you know, went on loan. He he just basically worked worked his socks off. And someone that this season, particularly going forward, um, well, his whole whole all-round game Alan Hutton just being consistent and that's nice um, you know he offers a lot going forward you know he's, he's solid at the back just an overall good fullback, and I think he's done well um, so yes Alan Hutton would be starting at right back it's two centre-backs um, Mika Richards and Kieran Clark. you know Richards solid you know good leader that's if he's fit. I don't even know if he's fit. But yeah, if he's fit, Richards. And then uh, Kieran Clark. Kieran Clark has come leaps and bounds over the last few seasons. Um, I watched him as he was breaking into the team. And he was actually starting off as a midfielder, a central or defensive midfielder. But then kind of dropped back. And I think he's really grown into the, into the centre-back role in the last 18 months. And I know I'm not the only one um, to be of that opinion, sitting in the whole tent and listen to other people you know Kieran Clark has come leaps and bounds and in the left back position we've had to recall um, Sizoko and Joe Bennett from their loan spells now I wasn't overly impressed with Sizoko when he first came to Villa alright going forward bit of a liability at the back I would be inclined probably to give him a chance but on my sheet I've actually put Sizoko slash Richardson 
Joe Bennett, I don't think, has got the quality, unfortunately. Um, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be considering Joe Bennett. Out of the two, Sissoko and Richardson, I would lean towards Sissoko. Let's see what he's learnt in his time away and how much he gives. Now into midfield, um, I've gone for a City midfielder. Now, again, I'll, I'll discuss the reasons why I've left him out later on. Uh, but Sanchez really hasn't done it for me. Like, you know, too much of a liability. He gives too many balls away. He doesn't look comfortable on the ball. And I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't have him in the team. Westwood for me is someone who has, you know, coming from Crew. He's consistent. It is a hard job, you know, in that central midfield role, keeping the ball moving and looking at options. And I think Westwood's done it well. And, and he fully deserves to keep his place and continue in it. He's very consistent. Now, on the left, I've got Leandro Bacuna on, on like the left wing. Someone who's played left back recently and I think he's done really well and I think he deserves a chance you know, in his more favoured position which is, well, predominantly right, right wing but I've gone for a different player and I'll explain why. Um, but Bakuna, he's got a good right foot, something that he can maybe come in and cut inside with and you know hit a shot or two. Someone I think he's uh, got bags of potential and I think he's done well. Good performer this season. Now on the right wing, I'm going to give this guy a chance because I've seen um, some good players at Villa, um, and the, the you know the initial player that I saw that um, thought yeah he's awesome was Benteke, and I've not really seen the player for me to say yeah he's awesome. Gill was probably the one who um, came close to it. But just the sheer presence of Benteke, his skill, you know. So I've gone for Adama Traore. I think this guy needs to be given a chance and I think Sunderland will be um, the team to do it against. You know, he's, he's very unknown. And, and with unknown players, you've got a sense of freedom to perform. And I think that's what Traore probably needs. Um, it's very skillful, very quick, very powerful. And I think he can bully you know, the Sunderland defence. And I really hope he gets given a chance. And as I said earlier, this guy's got bags of potential and I just want him to be given that chance. In the attacking mid position, I've gone for Carlos Hill. Such a low centre of gravity. He, he controls the ball really well, distributes it well, very rarely gives the ball away. And again, as I said before, earlier on in the show, I've, I've kind of compared him to like a... David Silva character yes he needs to add elements to his game I'd like to see him be a bit more direct uh, he does tend to you know switch the ball from side to side and you know, a bit of a bit of a crab player but um, again he's young he, he needs to be given that chance and just told go out there do your thing you know run at the defence because of his trickery and his flair again against Sunderland the two Sunderland centre-backs I, I would probably say to, to Hill give it a go see what you do particularly for an hour or so and I haven't included him in, in the first 11 but Grealish you know, would have been in contention for that role but I think he'll probably deserves deserves a chance a bit more and then in the front two 
Again, I mentioned this guy initially. Yeah, I mentioned this guy earlier on. And I think he's been very unlucky for one reason or another not to be included in match day squads. He doesn't even make the bench. And that's Libor Kozak. Very good player, very good in the air. Hasn't really been given a chance to show what he can do for Villa. And, and I thought that when Christian Benteke left, that that would be his chance. And then Rudy, Rudy Gestead came along. Now, Rudy Gestead has got, again, bags of quality. He, he came on the other week. I can't remember who it was against. Really bad. But he came on and he completely, I think it was against Newcastle. And he completely changed the game. But you can't be doing it only when you know for, for 30 minutes and when he started games he's looked lackluster he's looked uninvented um, and I, I, I don't know I think Kozak now you know he, he's been working hard he's been playing for the under 21s needs a time and I think he should be you know picked for, for Sunderland and, and to complete the lineup. A guy that I did have question marks about, but AU, you know, the goals he scored recently, he's got a very good work ethic, which I, I didn't really see in the in the beginning, um, and he's proved me wrong, you know, and I, I hope he comes leaps and bounds and he, you know, needs to be given that chance to bed in and I think he's starting to bed in now, and against Sunderland I hope he can just continue his form and show us what he can do so that's my um, that's my preferred pick let me know what you think I will be posting the picture of this on Twitter at Shiring Pope but also let me know your thoughts who would you change and why let me know get involved right so now we come on to who I think Villa need to buy in this um January transfer window and sell in this January transfer window. Let's start with selling. Um, two people listed on this piece of paper in front of me. I don't think these are going to be real surprises. And the first one I've gone for, he's had a couple of seasons to try and get up to speed with the Premier League and kind of make his, you know, repay his fee back. And it's Carlos Sanchez. For me, he's not done much. He's not consistent enough, he seems to lack concentration, confidence and in the centre of the park where we need to be controlling the games a bit better, I don't think he's done enough to, to merit staying with the squad unfortunately. I would personally be looking to move him on. It's a shame because watching him on the international level, he is a good player. He, he's, he's strong, he's effective. Is the Premier League suited to him? Probably not. It's probably a bit too fast-paced, and it's unfortunate because, again, he is a quality player. Just maybe better suited in Spain, Italy, Germany, those sorts of leagues. But in the Premier League, unfortunately, I don't think he fits. Now, the second player on this list is someone that I was a bit disappointed when he came to Villa. It was yeah, he's he's a good player. He's you know proven in the Premier League. You know, creates chances. Really good. But he just hasn't lived up to it for one reason or another. He's dropped out of favour with several managers and just hasn't had a hasn't had a decent run. But you know, after having I think he's played under four different villa managers now, 
you know, you think, okay, if he doesn't play with the first one, that's just a matter of opinion for that manager. But when four managers consistently don't play you, I think there's something, you know, either you've not got the quality, which I don't know, I think he has, or there's something wrong with his attitude. And it's, um, it's Charles and Zogbier. I don't think many people will be surprised that we need to get him moved on. Wages, I think, are, are high. So I think that needs to be addressed and bring that wage budget down. But um, certainly I'd be looking to to move him on in January. Now moving on to what we need to buy. Um, the first person I've got on here is actually... We, we've recalled loans recently. Sizoko and Joe Bennett. But we haven't recalled this guy. Whether there's a clause in there or not that we can recall him. But let's just assume that if we could recall him. I would like to recall Nathan Baker. Outstanding player. Again, like Kieran Clark, he, he has grown into the role and got better as the seasons have gone on. And I was quite surprised that he, he, he was made available for loan by Sherwood this season. He needs to be given a chance and I think we should be looking to get him back. And, you know, he, he will give you 110%. He will put his body on the line and I've witnessed it um, at the games I've been to at Villa Park and he, he's such a good player we need to address the, the central midfield position and looking just purely from a fan's perspective this person is available he's available on a free and that's Kevin Nolan now I'm not saying we should sign him on a long term deal no, his age but his experience like Jolie and Lescott that we got in the summer, it will be invaluable. Um, and at a time like this, it's someone who's got experience and will rally around. And that's Kevin Nolan. We need to be looking at him, I think personally, as a, as a serious option for a contract up until the end of the year. Get him back playing again. Quality player, very good. Very good at West Ham, Newcastle. Wherever he's been, he's performed. And I think we should be looking seriously at him. Uh, next, again, we need another central midfielder, I think. We need to be filling the midfield with quality, which I don't think we've particularly got at the moment. Um, so I've not put a name to this, but we do need a new central midfielder. Um, I think we should be looking in our shores for this in, in England, not, not looking abroad. Because the problem with players abroad, they are going to have to adjust to not only the life in England, the language, but also the pace of the Premier League. It's not the same as, as leagues like Spain, Italy, Germany. It's more physical, it's faster paced. We need a, another central midfielder. Uh, as to who, I don't know. I'd welcome your suggestions. Give me a tweet. Twitter is at Sharon Pope. And um, moving on, uh, I, I, I would like to see a line move for a left back. I understand that we've recalled Sissoko and Joe Bennett, but unfortunately, Joe Bennett, I don't think personally has the quality to be a Premier League player. He just hasn't shown enough for me. I've seen him play a few times, just doesn't get the mustard, so to speak. Ali Sissoko, not, in my opinion, not great defensively. Yes, better for going forward, offers a lot more options moving forward, but I think until Jordan Ramavi comes back we need to be 
filling that left back position. Uh, again, with who, I'm not particularly sure, but I, I certainly think that's something that needs to be addressed and looked at. And the strikers. Obviously, we spoke about Loic Remy in the rumour mill earlier on, and Loic Remy, I think, will be a fantastic addition. He's had experience with Chelsea, Newcastle, QPR, scored goals wherever he's gone. Goals is what Villa need. Goals is what Villa are not producing at the moment. And simple fact is goals is what win you Premier League games. So we need to be getting him in. And on alone, you know, there's no um you know commitment for the next two, three years. It's a short term fix and I think Low it Remy fits that bill. But looking at long term fixes uh, and I've put this man in and I think it's something that we should be looking at pursuing. It's Charlie Austin. We we need to be looking at his availability. Again he's a proven goal scorer, cut it in the Premier League, got plenty of goals, something what Villa need. And really he's a player who should be playing in the Premier League. Very good player. We need to be inquiring about him. Let's get some inquiries out. So that's kind of what I think we should be doing within the January transfer window. But but looking at a bit further afield into the summer. Now obviously it all depends on whether we survive in the Premier League. But as I see it at the moment, I've got three players listed that I think we should be looking to move on in the summer. First one for me. Um, now, not to be disrespectful to him, he's been a great servant. He's, um, you know, done well at Villa. But I think his career is stagnating a little bit. He's been out of the side under Remy Gard. And, and that's Gabby, Gabby Ekbon Lahore. Um, he just. Unfortunately for me, he doesn't offer much anymore. Yes, he's quick, he's got his pace, but his distribution of the ball has been poor in games that he's played. His finishing is questionable. Just his overall contribution, unfortunately, I, I haven't been impressed with. I don't think we should sell him this window. Um, you know, he, he if it comes to the stage and season when we need to call upon him and just try and run defences down, then it's an option we're going to have to do. You know, play that um, chasing game if it gets to you know surviving in the Premier League. But for me, I think he should be going in the summer. Next one is uh, Philippe Senderos. Now I'm a little bit confused with Senderos. Very good player, very good player. And when he first signed for Villa, I watched a lot of games live with him in, and he's, he seemed a very solid defender and a very good buy for us, a very good option. Now, I don't know whether it's injuries or just falling out of favour with the management that have kept him out of the side, but I've been a little bit disappointed that he's not featured a little bit more. Very good player, and he's he's only 30 years old, and he's got years years ahead of him. And for that fact that I don't think he'll be getting any games, really, where he should be, I'd, I'd look to move him on next next summer, just, just for him, really, and to keep his career moving. He deserves to be playing because he's a top-class player. And the last one I've picked. Now I think a few people will be surprised at this, um, but for me, he's made too many mistakes. He his concentration levels aren't what I would have expected of a top-class defender. 
Um, yes, he's still young, he's still learning, but I don't think in a position we're in, we can be letting players make frequent mistakes. And that's Shaw's Akore. It's a pity because he came with bags of potential, but he just hasn't lived up to the billing and he's been here a few seasons now. Yes, he had his injuries, but I think I would have expected more from him. So he'd be my he'd be my third player to to unfortunately move on next next summer. And then to buy well I've left that blank. You know, we've got to look at what position we're in, um, what division we're playing in. And I don't think we should be considering next summer too much at the moment um, in the way of buying players. Let's just get this this season wrapped up and stay in the Premier League. So that, that's my thoughts about um, who we should pursue and let go in the next transfer window or so. Let me know your thoughts. If you agree with me, if you disagree, let me know. Tweet me at the Showering Pope. Oh, no, sorry, at Showering Pope. So now we come to where I think Villa will end up come the end of May. And unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be good news. We, we have improved under Remy Gard. Um, we, we appear tighter, and we, we, but for me, we're just not direct enough. We, we need to be better in that area of the pitch. Hopefully, if we were to get some of the signings that... I've speculated on in, in the January transfer window that will help but we're, we're on 8 points it's very a very poor position to be in on, on New Year's Eve and maybe going down will be the best thing for the club Newcastle West Ham in recent years have gone down and rebuilt but it's a, it's a tough decision because there are teams that got sucked in and especially with the finance situation Leeds are a prime example just getting sucked into that black hole and not really resurfacing and theirs was a financial issue what we do need to play games from the off too often in this season we've, we've not got going until the second half and you can't play games in the Premier League at your full potential for just 45 minutes teams are going to crucify you we need to start winning games in and around in and around us teams that are around us and against Sunderland we need to be showing that we will be getting a win a draw won't do we need the three points so that, that's my predictions unfortunately they are getting a bit grim and as much as I'd like to say that Aston Villa would stay up um I personally can't see it. Um, an interesting fact is that the bookies, I, I looked at one bookmakers earlier, and Villa are actually 8-1 to one to avoid the drop, so bookies are remaining optimistic. Well, look, I don't... Let me know what you think. Are Villa going to stay up? Or are we kind of planning for life in the championship? Let me know. My Twitter is at showeringpope. So that's that wraps up the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I've, I'm very passionate about Aston Villa, and I I just thought it's a good way to do you know a good thing to do a podcast and get my thoughts about. Again, if you if you agree disagree with any of my views, tweet me at Sharon Pope. It'd be interesting to 
to hear your opinions and also I've got a Facebook page which is The Showering Pope give me a like comment on there just don't be too abusive please but um, I'm going to sign off and it's New Year's Eve and I hope you all have a very happy new year